You are listening to the audio from Grace Bible Church. This audio message is a recording from our Sunday morning worship service. We hope you enjoy. Happy Mother's Day to all you moms out there. We appreciate you guys and promise to get you out early so you can make all your lunch reservations and everything else today. This is like the Super Bowl of restaurants, and so, um, so yeah, we love you guys. We're going to try to get you guys out of here on time. Um, those, of you, those of you who don't know me or are visiting our church, maybe because of the baby dedications, uh, my name is Dave. I'm the Connections Pastor here at Grace, and um, I have the privilege this morning uh, to open up God's, words, God's Word with you today. Uh, we are currently in a series in the book of 1 Corinthians But in light of Mother's Day and the baby dedications we just celebrated, uh, we're taking a little break from our series. Uh, We're going to focus today on what it looks like to leave a legacy of faith to our next generation. Now, if I were to ask you, parents in the room, how many of you want to leave a legacy of faith for your kids? Raise your hand. All of us, right? Most of us want to do that. How many of you right now feel confident that you have a plan to do that? Raise your hand. Some of you guys. All right. The majority of us don't. And to be honest, when I started thinking about this, I think, Dave, how can you, how can you talk about this? I fly by the seat of my pants all the time. And obviously, and if I'm honest, the thought of leaving a legacy of faith to, to our four kids is often crazy overwhelming. For the longest time, I've been a dad for almost 12 years. For the longest time, I felt that I didn't have a clear picture of where I needed to take my kids. And not only did I not have a clear picture of where I needed to take them, I didn't have a good plan on how to even get them there. But over the past few years, God has brought some some wise people into my life to disciple me in this area, and brought a lot of really good books across my desk uh, to encourage and equip me. Yeah, to what it looks like to leave a legacy of faith. David's mother's name, pull it together. Come on. (laughs) And listen, I fail often. And there are many times I hit the pillow at night thinking I have royally screwed things up, and I probably scarred my kids for life, and there will be counseling somewhere in their future. I know there will be. It's going to be on me, not because of my wife, Mel. But today, I want to just walk through a few things that God has been teaching me over the past few years. And again, I don't have it all together. Um, Yeah, I fail often. But I want to give you guys some tangible things that you and I can do to leave a legacy of faith to the next generation. So if you have a copy of God's Word, I would encourage you to turn to the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 6. And if you don't have a copy of God's Word with you, I'd encourage you to take that pew Bible there right in front of you. You can turn it to page 151. You'll be able to just kind of follow along with us as we, as we break down um, a portion of Scripture today. And we just think it's always good that you be able to actually tangibly read God's word as, as we walk through it together. Some of you guys are like, where is Deuteronomy? I hear it. So it's in the beginning, start, start at the beginning of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. You guys will settle in chapter in chapter 6. But as you guys are finding it, 
I'm going to ask you guys a question. How many of you have ever noticed how much your kids uh, imitate what you do? All the time, right? Crave the good and the bad, right? One of my boys walks just like I do. When, when Mel and I were dating, Mel said anywhere across campus, she could see me because I had this, like, hop in my step. I was, I was, Mel could see me from, like, half a mile away. Like, there he is, that goofy walk. And as I'm hitting almost close to 40, that walk is slowly turning into a, a limp. Little, I'm not as bouncy as I once was, but my, my one son walks and runs just like I do. Uh, another, another, another kid, every time I'm out grilling or anything, he's got his little grill next to me and he's doing his thing. And if I'm mowing the grass, he's got his little lawnmower out there doing it uh, right, right there along with me. Um, my girls have, have taken up my love for reading as well. And so like, our kids imitate so many things. One thing that does drive me crazy, um, so I am from New Jersey. A lot of you guys know that, the land of the, the short A, the wooder, and everything else. My kids have picked up the long A from Buffalo, where, where my wife's family is from. So instead of bagel, it's bagel. And it drives me nuts. It's like, how are you my kid? Like, stop. But like, and every time we go back to visit her family, it just, it just gets reinforced over and over and over again. But our kids imitate us so often. But that fact drives me to the one point I want to bring out today. It's actually something that I heard from Pastor Mike a few years ago. But it was so good, and so I asked his permission if, he could, if I could use it again. But the point is this, that our kids mimic what we model. Our kids mimic what we model. Our kids pick up more of what we do than what we say. I can tell them to do a million things, but at the end of the day, they're looking at how I live my life, and they will most often mimic how I live, not just what I'm trying to teach them. The kids are a, kids rather look at patterns than precepts, what we tell them to do. But the best way that you and I can leave a legacy of faith is showing our kids what it looks like to follow after Jesus, and then inviting them to do the same. So it's us living it out first, and then inviting them along with us on our journey of faith. In her book, Teach Your Children Well, by Sarah Cohen Johnson, which I highly recommend, um, she pulls out these two stats. This is from the Fuller Youth Institute. And the Fuller Youth Institute estimates that 50% of high school students actively involved in churches walk away from their faith after graduation. That's a coin toss. And I'm not talking about kids that just, that, that just show up to youth group every once in a while. These are the kids that are active in youth group. These are our best teenagers. That 50% of them choose to do life apart from Jesus as adults. That sounds really grim, and it's Mother's Day, and we want to be happy. But listen, but there's hope. Because that same, that same study showed that 82% of teens whose parents talk about and live out their faith follow Jesus as adults. Now listen, this isn't a guarantee. Friends, I will take 82%. 
over 50% any day. And church, the difference between those two numbers, our parents and youth group workers and small group leaders and children's church volunteers that willingly live out and talk about their faith on a daily basis. That is the difference there. And so this morning, I simply want to ask the question, what does this generation need to see in us? If kids model, if kids mimic what we model, what exactly do they need to see in you and I so that we could pass down a legacy of faith, that our kids are more inclined to follow Jesus after they graduate high school than, than the current trend right now? And I don't want to overwhelm you with a, with a bunch of different things today. I want to encourage you as you leave today. But this morning, I want to give, I want to give us two things, two ways that you and I could leave a legacy of faith for the next generation. They simply are this, is that the next generation needs to see us walk with Jesus and trust in Jesus. And listen, there's some people here that have already checked out. They're like, oh, this is just a message for parents, to kids. Let me encourage you not to check out. Because one, maybe God will someday like, bless you with children. Or maybe you're past that. But you have grandkids and nieces and nephews. Or maybe you're just, maybe you don't have any kids of your own, but you're a part of this church body where there are a million kids. And God has given us as a church, as Pastor Mike reminded us today, the responsibility. The responsibility to have an impact and an influence on this next generation. So whether they have your last name or not, God has called us all to do this very thing. So please, don't check out. Like this could be a blessing to you and encouragement to someone from the next generation moving forward. So I'll tell you what, I'm just going to pray. I'm going to ask God to bless our time in his word, and then we're going to dig into these two things. So Heavenly Father, God, I thank you so much. God, I thank you, God, for what you're doing here at Grace. God, for, for these baby dedications this morning, parents standing up. God is saying, I want to raise my kids up in the faith. And they're not going to be perfect at it. And they're going to, they're going to have times where they fail. And they're going to have times where they feel like, like they're not getting anywhere with their kids, God. But, but we know that they are. And many of them, God, are doing a great job at it. And God, today as we look at some of the commands that you give uh, to parents and adults, Lord, as it comes to the next generation coming after us, God, Lord, I pray Father, that you would do a work first in our own hearts, that you would change our lives, how we live, and that would then make an impact on our kids and nieces and nephews and grandkids and the other children, God, that you are raising up in, in the church right now. God, may we do all of this depending on you and you alone for it. This isn't something we do on our own. And I pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
So the first thing I want to talk to you about today is that our kids need to see us walking with Jesus. I had asked you earlier to turn to the book of Deuteronomy. We're actually going to look into Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through, 4 through 6 to begin with, and then we'll get to verse 7 afterwards. Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 6, this is what the word of, of the Lord says. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you, that I command you today shall be on your hearts. Church, what is the one thing that these verses point out? What does what part of this is talking about passing on our faith to someone else? It's not there yet. See, the beautiful thing about this portion of Scripture is that it does two things. It has two aspects. The first aspect is a personal aspect. This is something that, we're gonna, that God's going to change within our own hearts. And then after that, we have an aspect that we're inviting other people to participate with us as we follow after Jesus ourselves. So the first thing that you and I need to understand if we look through just those, those few verses there is that our discipleship and influence on the next generation begin with God first getting a hold of our own hearts. It first begins with understanding who God is. In verse 4, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. So it's a proper understanding of who God is, that there is one God and there is none other. And newsflash, you and I are not it. That there is a God in heaven. That there is someone to be worshipped and served. So we fir it first begins with a proper understanding of who God is. But it doesn't end there. We not only, only recognize God as the only God, but then we also respond to him correctly. He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. So he says, before we ever talk about getting our kids on the right path, Moses here is writing and says, we've got to get our hearts right first. Church, and the one principle that, that we can gain from this is simply is that we cannot lead others where we haven't already gone. See, the first step in passing on a legacy is having a personal, active relationship with God. See, we can't bring others, our kids or whoever else that may be, to, this, to the place that we haven't already been to ourselves. So the first thing that our kids need to see, they, they need to see us walking with Jesus. They need to see us reading our Bibles. They need to see us praying. They need to see us making the body of believers, the fellowship of a local church, a priority within our lives. They need to see us confess sin when we mess up. Confess sin to your spouse, to confess sin to your kids. There is nothing more humbling, humbling than having to ask your kids forgiveness for something. But it's probably the best example and picture of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Of letting them know that we're not just telling them that they need Jesus. But their mom and dad need Jesus just as much 
of victory. They need to see us sharing the gospel and seeing us serving others. But they don't only need to see us do it. They need to have us invite them to walk with Jesus with us. In verse 7, Moses continues and says, And you shall teach them diligently to your children. And you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. See, verse 7 here gives us a picture of how we walk with Jesus together. See, I, I love the fact that God tells us to teach our, til, our children dil, diligently. Guys, how many of you guys have ever tried to teach your kids something, and it's like you feel like it goes in one ear and out the other? Like, I've, had, I've grabbed the face of some of my kids. Like, Are you listening to me? I'm trying to force eye contact, and I'm trying to, you know, I'm... I'm pouring out my heart and soul and trying to give them scripture, and my kids are doing a million other things. Moses says, teach it diligently, guys, because we're going to feel like there are times when, man, we are just not making any progress. But there will be times, I guarantee you, when we thought that our kids were not listening, and they're going to come back sooner or later and say, Dad, remember that time? Mom, remember, remember that car ride where I, you didn't think I was listening? I had my head in a book. I was listening. Let me talk, let's talk about that now. Teach it diligently. Keep it up because it does make a difference. Those small investments each and every day into the hearts of your kids and the hearts of the next generation do pay off. So he says, teach it diligently. Keep it up. But Moses says not only how we should teach, how often we should teach, but how do we actually do it? What does it actually look like? And to be honest, this verse terrifies me. Because I look at it and it says it encompasses all of life. It says teach them when they, when they talk, talk to them, when they sit down in your house, and when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. That's all of the day. And I read this sometimes, and I think we're afraid that we're going to be that weird Christian family that all we talk about is Jesus, that we use every chance to talk about Jesus. But let me tell you something. One, that's okay. If you're going to talk about something, let's make it worthwhile. And two, the, the second fear that we have is like, I don't even know how to do that. There's other things that need to get done. Kids need to take showers. Chores need to be done. School needs to be finished up. We have other responsibilities. When do I have time to talk about Jesus to my kids? And Moses says, listen, the picture is kind of wide open. You have any, all day, every day. You make the time. And one thing that I think we need to realize is that there is more discipleship done around the kitchen table, or working side by side, especially with boys, or in a car ride, or on a walk, or at nighttime when you're trying to put them to bed, and then they ask like the most deep question they could. It happens. My kids are beginning to like understand, like, hey, let's talk, like, 
you know, where do, you know, where, where's, you know, where do people go when they die, or whatever it is, and it's always like, listen, it's 10 o'clock, can't we get this way to the morning, but like, no, this is when they do it, so be prepared for that, take those opportunities. But something that I've had to learn is that I can be real creative. We can be really creative when it comes to imparting scripture to our children and make it part of our everyday lives, that we're walking with them and inviting them uh, and inviting Jesus into the mundane parts of our lives. So what do we do? We show them what it looks like to walk with Jesus. Let me just give you a few examples of how you can do that. One is that when you're with your kids, be on the lookout for how to invite Jesus into the ordinary parts of your day. Talk about the attributes of God. It doesn't have to be this big, long theological discussion, but remind them of one thing that you're thankful for, of who God is. Do it around the dinner table. Sundays, ask about what they've learned in their classes, if they're going back to, to children's church, or they have fours and fives. Like, it is amazing the things that they pick up and the things that they're willing to and able to discuss with us. When, it, when you're in the car, audibly thank God for the creation of NEPA. You guys, some of you guys have been here for a while. It's like, really, Dave? There's a whole lot to be thankful for. I know. But when you see it, audibly thank God for it. For some of us, it may be as simple as sharing with your kids how you came to faith in Jesus Christ. Most of our kids probably don't know that story. And simply sharing what God has done and bring you to faith. It plants little seeds in what Jesus can do within their hearts. So show them what it looks like to walk with Jesus. And listen, if that's overwhelming to you, good. It should be overwhelming. But I want to just point out a few resources that have been helpful to me. The first is a book called Habits of the Household by Justin Whitmiller Early. He also wrote another book. I think it's called just Habits of Something. Both are good, uh, but Habits of the Household has been an incredible encouragement to me. Because listen, I'm a guy and I am bad at this stuff, but it, it just kind of helps you create rhythms on how to invite Jesus into the everyday life of your family. Now, the second book is called The Spiritually Vibrant Home. By, by Don Everts, and I actually have an extra copy of this. So listen, I'm just going to leave this up front. So whoever wants it, like, just come grab it. Just promise, read it. Um, but yeah, really, really helpful book, The Spiritual Vibrant Home, The Power of Messy Prayers, Loud Tables, and Open Doors. Don't everyone jump at once. Really, really helpful stuff. So first, our kids need to see us walking with Jesus, and we invite them in. Second thing that our kids need to see us do is that they need to see us trust in Jesus. See, one of the questions I believe everyone has growing up is the question of, can God be trusted? Is God strong enough to handle my pain? 
Is God faithful enough to keep his promises? And church, we can leave a legacy of faith by showing that God is present and trustworthy even when times are hard. And now I get it. There is a balancing act on how much we actually share with our kids. You don't want to, if they're five years old, you don't want to unload every single problem you're going through. You don't want to tell a five-year-old that mommy and dad are going bankrupt. And we may not have a house. Don't do that. But there is a balance where you can begin to explain to them that life is hard and that we experience difficult things but, and that God is present with us and able to deliver us through those things, even when it looks like he can't. This is probably one of the greatest lessons that I ever learned from my mom. Some of you here know my story that um, when I was a freshman in high school, um, my parents split up, and our world just fell apart. My dad left, my mom, and my, three, my, my two other siblings. Um, and I was old enough to understand what was happening, obviously. I was 14, 15 years old. And, and my mom was a stay-at-home mom. She didn't have a job. And so, like, finances were a big thing for us, and we, we lacked a lot. And... I remember one time, after our savings were gone, whatever little that we had, our house was going to be foreclosed upon. All right, go. Got this, Dave. <laughs> the house was going to be foreclosed upon, and we, we, there was no groceries in the house. I remember my mom gathering up my siblings together and simply reading this verse. Psalm 46, 1. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. She read it, and we prayed. And the very next day, um, God used a family from our church to meet our needs. And she would repeat that verse often to us. Of reminding us of a God who is present with us and able to deliver. And not only hearing my mom say you should trust God, but watching her live it out cemented that idea in my mind that God is a God worth trusting in. So what do we do? We show our kids that God can be trusted. 
So be willing to share with them times when God was faithful and provided for you. Have it just as part of your dialogue of just, this is how God came through in, in this time in my life. Often, it's great if you can be able to relate that to something that they're going through right then. When something comes up in your kid's life, don't always attempt to fix it. Lead them to pray. When something comes up within your family, pray about it together. Again, don't unload everything that's going on, but find something. Something that you can then point to the fact that God, that God is working, that God can work. And then when God does work, when he answers that prayer, we celebrate that together as a family. Make it a big deal. Cement it on their minds that God truly is a refuge and that he is present in times of trouble. So I want to bring back to what we started off with. Our kids mimic what we model. They need to see us walking with Jesus daily. They need to see us inviting Jesus to the mundane places in our lives. They need to see us trust Jesus when things are hard and when we're tempted to doubt he is faithful. They need to understand that God is, that God is good and that he is going to keep his promises to us. So let me leave you with three things. How do, we, how do we move forward? How do we follow Christ as we call others to follow after us? And the first thing simply is this, is that we pray. We pray over our kids. We pray over this next generation. We lift them up to our Heavenly Father because, listen, the thing that they need the most aren't just good parents, aren't just good mom and dad. That our kids need to experience the almighty God. That is what they need most. You pray, ask God to continue the work in your own life as well. Guys, it's hard, and you're going to fail, and I get it. So we pray for wisdom on how to act. We pray for the courage to start something new. We pray for strength to keep up the fights. And we pray for opportunities to invest in the next generation. But not only do we pray, we pursue Christ together. Because remember that we need Jesus just as much as this next generation does, right? We're not, we haven't arrived yet. And as we walk and pursue after Jesus and tell them and invite them to come along with us, we need to continue pursuing Jesus each and every day. And if you are here today and you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, that is step number one. Know that God loves you. God has a plan for your life. But God loved you so much that he sent his son Jesus to come down to earth, live a perfect life and die on the cross in your place for your sins. 
And scripture promises that anyone who stops trusting in their own efforts to make it to heaven on their own, turn from their sin and begin trusting in Jesus and him alone and his finished work. Scripture promises that you can have everlasting life today. Your sins will be forgiven. And you will have a new home in heaven, part of God's family. So the only way that you're going to leave a legacy of faith to your kids, to the next generation, has to begin with you. And if that's you here today, man, we would love to have a conversation with you after the service. There's a couple things you can do. You can mark that on your Connect card, put, that, put it in the gray baskets on your way out. We will be in contact with you this week on how you can know for sure that you have a relationship with, with Jesus you can pick up some of these information packets here in front. It just has, it includes the Gospel of John, which is a book of the Bible written so that people may, people may know that they have eternal life. It also is another book called Ultimate Questions, which just answers some of the big questions about faith and Christianity that you might have. Just come up and grab one of these booklets if that's, if that's the way that you would like to do. But please don't leave here today without taking some sort of next step. Come find me after the service. I'd love to talk with you. But that's step number one, that you pursue Christ and begin a relationship with him today. The last thing that I can leave you with today simply is this, is that some of us just need to persevere. We've all had days when we want to give up. Or we've messed up and failed. But don't give in. Many of you here just need to know that you're doing a good job. And you are. Listen, I see a lot of you guys, how you are with your kids. And yeah, I'm not with you all the time. But I hear and I, and I, and I view how you treat your kids and how you're pointing them to Jesus. And some of you just need to know that God sees you. And that his grace is sufficient in our weakness. So keep Keep trucking, keep trying, keep, keep pointing your kids toward Jesus. Don't give up the fight. The stakes are too high. So as we close, I just want to invite the praise team and the prayer team up. We're going to just finish out our service here. And I just want to pray over you guys. Listen, I just dumped a ton of information on you, and many of you probably do feel overwhelmed. I didn't mean to do that. But there's an overwhelming part of this where, man, I don't know if I can do what God's word calls me to do. And so as we close, I just want, I want to ask you to stand. I just want to pray over you guys. That God would continue to, to bless and move and give you what you need to leave a legacy of faith to your kids and the next generation. So let's pray and then let's close with one more song. So Heavenly Father, God, I thank you so much for passages like Deuteronomy chapter 6 that give us, God, a tangible um, idea of how to leave a legacy of faith. But God, it's hard, and we fail often. And God, so many times we feel like there's nothing left in our tanks that, that we can give to our kids, or we can give to our nieces and nephews and other people within the church, God. So God, for those people today that just feel feel worn out. God, I pray, Lord, that you would fill their cup. Encourage them today. For those who are here and 
this sounds really good, but it's terrifying, Lord. What if I fail? What if I start something new and it doesn't work out? God, I pray, Lord, that you would give them courage today. Courage, God, to stand up and do the right thing. God, to step out in faith. And for those people, God, who are just exhausted, doing both the job of, of mom and dad, God, I pray, Lord, that you would and just put your loving hand around them. God, that they may see your presence. Feel it, God, today. And that they would continue to fight the good fight of faith that they've already been doing. And God, I pray, Lord, as a church family, that we'd come, come around them, Lord, and support and encourage them the best way that we can. And God, I pray, Lord, that this next generation would be part of that 82% who follow after you with their hearts, soul, and mind and pass that on for generations to come. We love you, God. Thank you, Lord, for the hope that we have through your son, Jesus. I pray all these things in his name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Grace Bible Church. For more information about our church and our ministries, you can visit gracebiblepa.com.